Right, good evening, everyone. It's the 22nd of October, and it's the Understarters Orders podcast for another weekend. And this weekend, we're all gearing up for Cheltenham as it returns. Um, rain's battered much of Britain this Wednesday, um, but Cheltenham have avoided the worst of it as the track prepares for its first meeting since the festival on the, in March on, the fr- on Friday. The ground was east to good, good to soft in places. That's what I was saying earlier on the week. I think that it will go to after the after Simon Clice walked the track on Wednesday afternoon. Thursday's forecast to be dry and showers on Friday. Um, host a seven-rate card, the first of which are going to be on the ITV4 channel. And I'm joined this weekend by my two Irish colleagues. I'm joined by Declan Carroll. Good, good, good afternoon. Good evening. Sorry, Declan. Good evening, lads. And good evening to Andrew Cummins. Good evening, Chris. Can't wait to shoot from the hip here with this fantastic yes. car we have in front of us. <laughs> well, sadly, Mr. Stephen Edwards can't be with us tonight. He had an airport run that he, he decided was more important. Um, and I think he was trying to avoid the um, talk of the jumps. Anyway, we, we love our jumps, all of us all of us guys on here, especially myself and Declan. Andrew's warming to it, aren't you, Andrew? Very slightly. I, I'd still rather talk about Doncaster, but I voted out what you do. Needless to say, me and Declan are chomping at the bit. So let's get going with this. We're going to start on Friday with the 150. It's the Ballymore Novices Hurdle here. Uh, last year, won by Fergal O'Brien, trained champagne well. It's attracted seven runners with prize money all the way down to sixth. Nobody's going to want to finish seventh here then, are they? Domaine Delisle escapes, escapes any penalties here for never winning the hurdle race, but he was making waves in them handicap chases division last year. Finisk River gets an £8 penalty for win- for winner of two very poor Cartmel novices in the summer. Wasn't a bad effort, though, trying to give way to the whole field last time. And the winner that day, Fugitives Drifts. Um, he went on to win very nicely at when- when- on Wednesday at Hereford for Nicky Anderson. The favourite is Asper for Glory uh, from the Nichols Yard. Undoubtedly, is going to make a chaser, a nice chaser in time. Um, and this new system this year... Um, that he's going to remain a novice until until the end of November. Um, this could be his last run over hurdles. Um, will he be primed, do you think? You'd probably say yes, as he's quite a fragile animal. Um, they're probably not going to not have him ready, but um, it's quite a, a competitive field here to challenge him, don't you think, Andrew? Yeah, it, it doesn't look easy at all with, with such an inexperienced horse is going to post, obviously, with the exception of maybe Top of the Cotswolds and, and Dame Delisle, who... Um, I think I've both seen chase chase races in their in their career, and um, you you know it, it is it is quite tough to kind of assess. I can see that whoever was doing the wind surgeries during the summer was a busy man. As Midnight River, or sorry, Global Fame and Asper Glory both uh, first time, um, after wind ops here, and um, so that's also maybe an angle into it. And um, we did allude, Chris, that Global Fame or that uh, Fergal O'Brien won the race last year, and he does run Global Fame here. You know, maybe tentatively he would be my selection. You know, he he, he um, won his novice hurdle there in March, and you know he is still a novice now for the next month or so. So, experience tends to be vital around Cheltenham in these particular races, and um, and I, I think there could be more to come from Global Fame. Ask for Glory, definitely is a nice horse, but at eleven to eight, you know, in, in a race of this nature, I just wouldn't be dreaming of getting involved. Midnight River definitely looks like a very nice um, horse as well to go to war with this year. Uh, he beat Shanto Express last time out, who I really, really like from the Kim Bailey yard. Uh, he'll be winning races in due time. I think he's rated in 129. That was a nice performance to beat him, and he should definitely be improving here. So, personally, I'd have it between Global Fame and Midnight River at the prices. 
Um, but I would just about edge towards global fame just because he has that little bit more experience at the minute. I don't think he's done improving, and Fairglove Line has already had some winners this year. Um, so I, I do think he'll be able to go well fresh on the first time with them. Thanks very much, Andrew. Uh, Declan, anything from yourself? Yeah, look, I found it quite a, a tricky race to, to get my head around. Um, some second season novices, and you, you have two chasers in there coming back, novice hoarding, which I just put a line through straight away. Can't really have that. Uh, I, I am keen to take on the favourite. I don't know much about him, but he's probably underpriced because he's trained by Paul Nichols, who's had a great start to the season. Uh, you know, I'll probably end up regular my face because he does get, he has had, has had a great start and does get plenty of winners early on, but at that price, uh, it, it's not for me. Uh, Midnight River could could well be a good horse, um, and he's beaten Chantu Express, who won easy the next time. At Exeter, very short odds, hard to know. Um, Andy's mentioned global fame, like Fergal O'Brien gets plenty of winners at this meeting. Local trainer, uh, he's been behind winners. You know, he's been behind a winner anyway. Who who ran in the like a, a really red hot Albert Bartlett last season and that's that was a really vintage renewal of that race you don't see you don't see many Albert Bartlett's that good it's normally just a a dour slog one boy you know just the the laziest strongest there in the race Uh, but does he know was was also one length behind House Island who was eighth in that Albert Bartlett Uh, he was also behind Milkwood Horse you like Chris yeah. And I would, yeah, I'd probably be be swaying there. Uh, Finisk River does have some quite strong form through Fugitive's Drift. It, it's, a, like, it's a hard one. It's a hard one to be getting your head around with the way the season finished suddenly in, in March. It's it's quite difficult to work out. and It's not really a meeting. I'd find plenty of winners at any season. Uh it could be harder again this year, but I suppose I'd be I'd be swaying towards does he know? Does he know? Interesting. Can I just ask your opinion on the um the wind surgery like you you mentioned, Andrew? I know wind surgery like first time, but um what do you what do you make of the addition of tongue ties as well as as well as the wind surgery? Now I know that As for Glory and Global Fame have wore tongue ties before, but what do you make of the addition of uh tongue ties after wind surgery is that not suggesting that maybe this wind surgery hasn't worked as well as it should have done yeah no that is a very valid point that you know he, he did wear a tongue tie you know when he won last time out now he was odds on at Weatherby um, uh, global fame so it could be the case of maybe fixing what was not fixing what was broken uh, you know so as he did wear it last time out you know you could look at it as if it did the wind surgery didn't work or you could just look at it as an insurance policy it wouldn't be something I'd be digging too deep into personally um, I see that he wore it before before the wind surgery so you know it wouldn't really put me off in this particular case uh, to be honest with yeah but it, it depends what you know sort of what, what constitutes wind surgery anymore like you know I mean there's, there's so many procedures you can do now um, 
it, it's hard to know nearly what's wind surgery. Everything just goes down as, as wind surgery. Yeah, I was reading something on that the other day, actually. That, uh, yeah. I think it was a, a trainer down at Windsor who said that they had an abscess removed from the back of the horse's uh, throat and they had to put it down as wind surgery. So you don't. Yeah, what, once it clears the, the, the air, it's it's wind surgery. So, you know, there's, and there's wind surgeries that are not detectable also. Um, and look, as soon as as soon as a horse enters Nichols or Hobbs Yard, they they get wind surgery, some sort of wind surgery, like you know, and they they've something burnt off on the back of the tongue, and I don't I don't even know, you know if if it's I don't know loads about it, but yeah, it's 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 published now, so everyone's like, geez, he's had wind surgery, he's got to win. It's not really <laughs> the case, is it? No, no, no. Let's just stick to the form line, shall we, uh, Andrew? Horse for this race, mate. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to sit back and watch, but you know, I'm not going to do that because it's it's Cheltenham. Like you have to shoot from the hip when you see it's Cheltenham. So yeah, I'm going to go with Global Fame, um, around eleven to two shot. I think that's actually good value personally, especially against the favourite. I, I just think that favourite is too short. I might even lay the favourite on. Yeah, I'm. I'm change if you get shorter. I think I'll join you on that bandwagon. I was I was taken with the last victory that um, Global Fame had. Uh, Declan yourself. Yeah, I, I'm swell. Look, I'm, I'm kind of in between Dozy Now and Finis River, but I will uh, I, I'll be swaying towards Dozy Now. And, you know, if I am going to have a bet, sure, I might even do the, the, the straight forecast Dozy Now and Finis River. A sexy forecast there, Declan. <laughs> you know me. Yeah, we know you, yeah. Right, let's move on, guys. The 225 is our next race, which is the matchbook novices chase. And at the top of the market here, we see Galvin. Now, they're very interested, actually, because I was, I was surprised when I've, I've seen Galvin running all summer, really, you know, and been off in the lockdown. First victory over chase, chase, over the fences was actually only in July. Um, interesting, they come down this novice route again. There's an ice grade three coming up at Cork next, next month. Um, which could also go for, but it's all ground dependent. I think they said they were going to put him away for the winter, bring him back for the festival in March, where they're going to aiming up the national hunt chase. On official ratings, doesn't it look like every they all have Galvin to beat here, um, Aunt Declan? Yeah, they they do. Look, he, he ran a cracker in at the festival, and um, he was second. And I, I didn't expect that from him. He's a horse I have found it quite hard to to warm to, but. You know, he's it's he, as you said, he hasn't won until July. He, now he's coming here in the habit of winning, but surely something a novice hurdler going chasing has it really, you know, has to be improving past a horse like Galvin. And look, I think Massey Fenn is, is if he can jump a fence, he's the horse here. He's a great price at around seven to two. He's he's um. Beating a horse I really like, uh, Decker Orlande. He was fifth in the Ballymore. You know, he could be a big, big improver. Um, a big, big improver over fence. And he's one of the few horses you can take from this meeting who could turn up with a, a solid chance at the festival come March. Uh, he's already ran well at the, the festival. Is this actually, is this on the old course or the new course? This is the old course, isn't it? This is the old course, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, like he, he ran well on, on the old course, although it was over hurdles. But I'm a, I'm a bit surprised that he's, he's not favourite. But then I suppose you do have to take into account the, the experience of 
Calvin. He he is experienced. He's been second to Salzarete. And then you have Dr. Duffy running in the novice chase who's been running in nationals. You know, it's 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 a bit strange. Um but I, I I just think a horse has to be improving by the likes of those two. I know they've travelled over and they've not gone over for nothing, but surely someone like Massey Fan has to be improving by them. Uh, another one I like is is Clondalk Caitlin. You know, prolific winner over hurdles and his beat reign as well. World twice, definite good value there at twelve to one. Is it down to connections that she's that price? I don't know, but there's um there's definitely good value there. But I just think Massey Fenn is the one to watch here. Um, it has the potential to you know could go to the top of our fences. Yeah, I'd second. I'll second that. Nice winner of a point to point in his young, in his younger days as well. She's still only five as well. Joint joint youngest horse in the race. Andrew, anything from you? Yeah, like I just want to know what the British handicapper's problem is, personally. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I just this is just very funny. I was just looking at Calvin here, who I personally think is potentially the worst handicapped horse in the country at the moment. I, I like I completely echo what Declan said. I know Declan said he couldn't warm to him. I, I, I don't know if maybe I have a personal issue with this horse, but you know, he was he ran really, really well in the in the uh, close brothers um, novices handicap chase off a mark of 142 so he gets put up to 148 as a result of that he beats a couple of trees in Killarney two, two trips to Killarney and one trip to Trump, uh, Tipperary beating a mare called Wait and See uh, now he was given her lumps of weight but Wait and See is only rated 119 so in the basis of those three runs after the novices handicap chase well, nobody was looking, the British handicapper decided to stick the four pounds extra onto his back, and now he's somehow rated 152. <laughs> and it's just absolutely baffles me that he's, he's literally beaten a mare, you know, that, that's probably three or four grades below him. You know, and it, not even that impressive, he just kind of pushed out, and you know, four extra pounds while no one was looking. But anyway, that's a story. For but that, that's day. four pounds for the that's just for traveling, isn't it? Like he's, he's still one for eight in Ireland, and it's literally. See, the problem is you have to you have to pay to find out your rating. You know, you don't get your rating until you entered. It looks like he's just been put up ten pounds for finished second at the Close Brothers, which I think is ludicrous personally, because he didn't even win the bloody race. <laughs> but like, um, but anyway, um, I'm I'd be happy to take him on here. Um, Doctor Duffy's had a very very hard summer, and um, now running very very well uh, don't get me wrong he's six, six to one shot here which would be definitely be better value than what kind of galvin is offering here um, and i i can see myself ready and just galvin easily but look I've, I've made my bed i'm going to have to lie in it um soldier of love you know that's a, that's a lot of summer chase form like i know nichols has done this before um with that horse, uh, oh, I can't even remember his name. The one, Brian E. Frost, was used to ride, not rode on the other one. Um, anybody help me out here? Oh, Probably. not off the top of my head. Not as, uh, I know the one you're talking about. Um, in the in like navy and red colors, is it? Yeah, exactly. The navy and red colors. Um, look, look. Sam Benedetto. No, no, it's not. Oh. Uh, look, no, we'll get that. We'll, we'll, someone will find that. Don't worry. Um, 
And again, then it comes down to maybe Mossy, Ben, Ask Dylan, or Clondog, Caitlin. Now, again, my issue is I, I would like to see horses have experience around Cheltenham, especially over fences before, you know, coming to maybe back up. Um, now, I know the likes of, um, you know, some horses managed to do it last year. I think Al Dancer won on his chasing debut at Cheltenham and um, the horse of Kaylee Woolacott as well. Um, Lawler. Lawler. He, 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 um, I believe he won on Chase debut at Cheltenham as well. So it can be done. You know, Mossy Fenn was, he was fifth in a really, like I know Declan was talking about how good the Albert Barker was, but my God, that Ballymore was stacked as well. And Mossy Fenn was a really, really good fifth in that race. Um, and he beat Deco Irland Day before that at Warwick. Um, so, you know, that is really, really good form. And if Mossy Fenn takes the chasing, he could be very, very dangerous going through the winter and into the spring as well. So I would probably look towards Mossy Fenn here. Um, but if the rain was to really, really come, Clondor uh, Capen, who was quite impressive at Kelso uh, when last seen in February, I think there was plans for her to go to Aintree and they got shelled. Um, but they'd be definitely too worth watching. I'm not sure if I'd be getting invested in this race, financially speaking, but you know those the, the two chase debutants are kind of the two I want to really watch here going forward with a view to the future. Sounds like a clean sweep there, lads, from Mossy Fenn, yes? Yeah, yeah. Look, this this is my kind of race. I love novice chases and Mossy Fenn, and as Andy said, they're planned arcade and still one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'd echo that as well. Excellent. Thanks very much, guys. Clondor Caitlin does deserve to take a chance in, in a field like this. Really improved. Right, let's move on. The 335 Matchbook Handicap Chase, over two miles here. It's a very competitive field. And uh, Rouge Vip here heads the market. Seen drips of support over the last few days. Takes him to the top of that market there at 4-1. to one. Um, Finished third in the Arca last year, but just behind put the kettle on. That That's top novice form. And... Uh, same owners took the race last year with St. Calvados. Question marks for me surround the, uh, what was the second favourite, but I've seen a big drift on him in the last few hour or so, which was beat the judge. Um, but then again, you know, generally you think summer farm bringing it into this, you know, is it, is it going to be up to, up to scratch? Well, he has beaten um, Paul Nichols trained Ashitor, who I think will improve as the season goes on. And he had the 147 rate Ballywood, who's actually seen a bit of support tonight back in season. He probably needed that run, and I don't think that Fontwell suits him. He's such a big horse around that tight track round Fontwell certainly wouldn't have uh, suited him. They're reopposing. Um, it's an improving horse, though, beat the judge, and you can't knock the way he, he, he demolished, well, he didn't demolish, but the way he went away from that field at Fontwell. Uh, on the slopes here for the Chris Gordon yard, he ended the year last year with two decent wins at Kempton. And Scar Dewar comes in here for the Neil Mulholland yard, who can't do anything wrong at the minute. A nice confidence booster last time with that victory. What's your eyes taking up? Well, what is your eye on here, Declan? I, I do like uh, Rube Viff. I, I was a fan. I was a fan of a hurdles. And after the, the run at Cheltenham, Last November, I I deserted him, but he he did run a good race in in the Arkle. Like the Arkle, I, I'm I haven't watched the pack. I'm just trying to think back. They they you know two absolute lunatics in the race, uh, cashback and and notebook. And look, the mare won won really well. I when when she won the race at Cheltenham that he was fourth in, 
it was sort of like, well, you know, there's nothing really in Britain, is there? There's no novice chasers. And you were thinking, there's, there's plenty more than Ireland. But she's gone on and she's, our next race was at the festival and she's won well. And she's probably an, an exceptional mare. It's a pity we didn't get to see her again then in the spring to find out, you know, is she really the real deal? But she's, she's done nothing wrong. And that was a, that was a good run in the article. He's quite likeable. He's going to be probably ahead of the handicapper. So I'm not too worried about him, you know, being, being carrying number two. Um, on the slopes, has good form at Cheltenham behind two festival winners in January. And I also like Cat Foley. He has stronger form than a lot in this race. And he's still not fully exposed. He's only a five-year-old. Outside those three, I don't really, nothing has really tickled my fancy. And it's, it's probably between uh, Rouge Viv and, and Capoli for me. And it, it depends who's going to be the, the less exposed, I think. If, if, you know, as Andy said before, if Rouge Viv wins this, he's probably a, a grade one chaser and, Looking at his run in the article, you know, he probably is, but I can't really. I, I'm, I'll probably, I'll probably sway towards Rude Fifth because uh, I was following them over hurdles and I feel a bit bad that I deserted him, but I, I'm finding it hard to split those two. Thanks very much, Declan. Andrew, yourself? Yeah, just before we I started with this race, uh, the horse I was thinking of was Black Court. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so um, look, I, I was watching the article back actually. Um, I, I just w- in relation to Rouge Fifth, when, when Chris said we were covering this race, I just wanted to take a quick look. And what I found very interesting he, on the 17th of November of last year, he was beaten eight and a half lengths. He did have win surgery after that, just three days after that. And um, now, with now, with um. Rouge fifth, he was outpaced coming down the hill um, behind Put the Kettle on in that race in November. And some very, a very similar thing happened in the article. They just got away from him down the hill and he stayed on again. Now, that kind of makes me think may want two and a half miles because he stayed on really, really powerfully, although beaten a good, you know, beaten a decent, decent way. So there's, there's one of two options here. He could be weak and, and you know, he maybe just potentially lacking that that extra gear when, when they went again or he could want a longer trip the only problem is Andrew Brooks does have San Calvados and Itchy Feet uh, to go to war with at two and a half miles so Rougerith may be kept to two miles whether he likes it or not if he wins this which I think he could well do off 156 the likelihood is it could be a, the Tingle Creek next or, you know, maybe he'd be campaigned towards the Queen Mother. And just if any of our listeners are out there, he is an absolutely ludicrous price for both races. So even if you have a spare few shillings around, this might be the only Cheltenham anti-post bit you get off me for, the, for until until March because I, I just the amount of fatigue that goes into it. But I, I really do like Rouge Viff. I think he, he's definitely better than a handicapper. And he'd really want to be here because on the slopes is clearly unexposed with his two wins around Kenton and getting beat by, you know, Imperial Aura and um, and simply the bets. 
had it at Cheltenham, had a Cheltenham trials day, beat the judges, won his last two. Even like a stalwart of this race, movie legend, you know, he wasn't necessarily out of form last year. And he was 20, he's 25 to one here. And now he is a 10 year old, a little bit exposed, but you know, this, this is his race. This is the race he always lines up in. He's lined up in the last three or four renewals. He's always at least 25 to one. So that does show you that, you know, the strength and depth of this particular race. But I'm going to really put my money where my mouth is here. And I'm, I'm going to, I've backed Rouge fifth here. And I've, I've also had a few quid for the Tingle Creek and the Queen Mother Champion Chase as well. I think he's around 66 to one for the latter. So, you know, it's just too big. If he wins this, he'll at least half the price. Very nice. It does bring that great novice form last year. And I think you've made solid cases there, boys. And I think Rougevif is a clean sweep for all three of us again. We seem to be agreeing a lot tonight. This is nice for our first podcast of the National Hunt season. <laughs> um, <laughs> turned it all off by now. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to move on now over to Saturday. Now, Saturday... We're starting with the 240 on Saturday's card at Cheltenham, which is the Matchbook Novices Chase over two mile four. Such a shame here. Only a field of four. And Southfield Stone, who I think is a real rag. I just simply don't like the horse. Very short price at 13 to 8. And then we've got Pileon, who cost... Oh, I don't know if any of you remember, but Pileon cost us a fortune last year at uh, Cheltenham. Um, finishing second, unbelievable. What wins this, lads? Uh, let's start with Andrew. Oh, yeah, I the abuse you dish towards South Hillstone, Chris. I, I think he's probably the most likely winner here, personally. And um, so, like, he has the experience because he's he's technically a second season chaser. But he, he did win at Musselburgh on the first of February last year, which I think just about qualified him to be a novice until November. I think the cutoff was the first of February. Um, and then he went to you know, we finished second to who dares wins on his next start in grade two company. And would you believe he has had wind surgery? Who would believe that? Um, you know, I think every second horse has had wind surgery that's lining up here. To, uh, it's COVID. Yeah. It probably is, yeah. They're all on respirators. Imagine that lining up with face masks. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, oh, I think it's, it, it's kind of hard to... You know, because this, this race could just get tactical. They, they could crawl, you know. It, it's it, it's very, it, it's quite tough. Uh, cool Cody is, is probably, you know, again, he's he's, he's came through the summer months. And he's been a revelation since switching from Michael Blake to Evan Williams with, with a win and then a decent effort at Newton Abbott uh, last time out over two mile five and then three and a quarter. So we'll know he'll stay. You know, he might want to take them along here because, you know, he is dropping significantly in trip. Pillion, again, he's the only debutant in the race. You know, Philip Hobbs, I'd say, has still has nightmares about last year's festival because absolutely nothing went right for him. And then the one horse that did run to form was, was beaten in an agonising photo. Now, he is definitely has, he's out of the, again, we go back to potential. He has the most potential out of these four maybe in relation to the future because of his hurdles, Mark. But is he going to show it here on Chase debut? Because as I said for about the million time, Chelsea is not the easiest track to make your chasing debut at and win. Um, and then there's obviously not that ways uh, from the Dan Skelton yard who has good form again, you know, beat by the likes of Al Dancer, has run in competitive handicaps at the course. You know, he's the most battle-hardened. Maybe he's the Maybe he's the way... The one to go for here if you're looking for something that you know likes the course and will very likely run his race. 
Um, it's probably a no bet eat for me though, Chris. To be honest, I, you know Southfield Stone. If there's a gun to my head, but I wouldn't be backing a favourite with, with not that much confidence behind it, especially at around thirteen to eight. Yeah, I've just got I've got no confidence behind Southfield Stone. Yes, she demolished the field at you know at Musselburgh twenty four lengths, but I know it's been good races that we've seen her in. Just her attitude for me is just not the not it's not what I want to see from a horse over over hurdles and both and when she's gone chance chasing as well. I think not that free says a decent option in this, but yeah, like you say, four in a race, not really one that I want to be having a go at. Declan, is there anything for you? Yeah, I, I like these little four runner races. Um I, I like a, a small field chase like this. I, I get what Andy's saying uh, about making your your chasing debut at Cheltenham and particularly on the old course you know, you, if you come through this, you'll have learned a lot because you are turning almost constantly on the old course. It's up and down. You, you, you're you jumping off uphill one way and you're, you're landing, turning the other way. It's it's a very, very tricky tricky course to get around. But I, I, I love a Martin Pipe horse going chasing and there's a list of them you could rattle off if turned into good chasers. I, I'm always looking out for a horse who may not have really ran in, in grade one hurdles, but has, you know, ran, ran well in handicaps. Or even if they've ran in a grade one hurdle, they've ran respectable. Uh, and he sort of fits the bill there. If he can jump a fence, I, I think he's the winner here. You know, Southfield Storm, he was, you know, not far off brewing up a storm, but the next time we see him brewing up a storm was falling at the festival so there's not much to go on there he was also behind two days wins at Kempton you know in a chase who won at who dares wins won at Royal Ascot um, this season so I don't really know what to make it out you slagged me off I mentioned the golf club horse uh, at a, another podcast and I was picking out a, a, a handicap horse on the flat so uh, I, I just I can't really have that and um, not that we beat Carol's Milan, who's a bit of a cliff horse for me, and then was behind on the slopes. The experience is there. And then kill Cody. Look, if Soldier of Love wins, that price is going to start tumbling. So if you think Soldier of Love is going to win, take that price about kill Cody now. But I think, yeah. Yeah, I think Pillion is, could, could turn into a, a decent chaser. He's, you know, the, the least exposed. If, if he like it, get around this old horse and he can jump well you know it could, it could be another horse to, to follow for the season over fences excellent right one selection from yourself Andrew in this if you you're not going to have a bet obviously but which one would you think would be the winner Um, oh, I, I know that you, you've kind of knocked poor old uh, Southfield Stone there he's, he's taken quite a beating from you too um, especially with who dares wins. That was only a bumper deck on Queen Alexandra. That, that's worse than the Cadra. Um, but look, um, yeah, no, I'll take Southfield Stone here. Um, I, I wouldn't be dreaming of having a bet, though. Yeah. I did call Southfield Stone a she. I shouldn't be saying that. It's a he. <laughs> right, uh, Declan? Uh, Pillion. Pillion, right. Right, let's move on now, guys. Nothing from me in that race, anyway. 3.15 next, it's the attempts. it's what Andrew's been gearing up for all week. 
he spent he, he was a sleepless night last night um, studying the form of this one, wasn't you, Andrew? Yeah, can I get another beer before I? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I just makes me want to drink. Yeah, um, it's just oh boy. Uh, let me see. So yeah, so there's eighteen going to post. Now the the thing about this pretend qualifier at the at the least is there's only maybe two or maybe I don't know, maybe one thirty four. I'd probably put as the cutoff to maybe be bottom weight mark. And um, so that means you know like the devils. The Devils drop uh, Champagne Court on a stick, to be fair. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if, to be fair, actually went and won this because, you know, it, it, it's the type of thing that maybe a, a smaller trainer may do because, obviously, you know, the race is worth a, a few quid. So Yeah, um, I did win the race last year, Andrew. So, you maybe I need to hold back on, on, on that a little bit. Um, you know, I was just, uh, on the last race there, the, the novice chase, I was saying how much of a, a nightmare for uh, Philip Hobbs had at last year's um, at last year's Cheltenham Festival, and he, he does run a flink here of 130. Now, this is very it, it's very likely this is a novice we haven't quite seen the best of. Um, he, he made a reappearance there at Chepstow behind T Clipper um, in the Silver Trophy, and and it was a nice run. Uh, he, he kind of. He, he was kind of a staying on turd. Never, you know, he never really looked like winning. He just ran as if he kind of did. Um, and you know, this was after a disappointing run at Utopster, which you can maybe put down to the heavy ground in February. Uh, he won two races last year at Warwick and and Haydock. He's rated 130, so there is a chance that you know, as a six-year-old, and they're keeping him over hurdles. Maybe they're thinking that there is a bit of mileage in the mark, and um, because you would have thought that. They might have looked to go and chasing. So, with that said, um, it is the kind of second season hurdlers that maybe you may have thought that have put off chasing is the type of horse I kind of want to look for, especially in a protect qualifier. I think Blink fits that particular um, criteria at this moment in time. So, I think he'd be one that I'd be definitely looking at here. But again, I really don't like having bets and pretend qualifiers. I like this, these are just races that you'd sit back and maybe watch three or four times in January or February, trying to find an angle into the actual final itself, than having a bet on the day. But if you were going to have a bet, Flink would need to win to get into a race like the pretends. So maybe he's the one that you go with here. Yeah, I see uh, the likes of Tibby Fur is right at the uh, he's right at the top of the weights. Eleven stone twelve is practically giving. Nearly two stone here to the bottom of the weights. I'd better go now. He's on ten stone. It's such a huge amount of weight to carry in this attempts qualifier. Declan, anything from you? Yeah, look, I I actually think they're decent races to have a bet in because you can walk out. You know who needs to win here, and um, you know some of them just have to qualify. Some of them want to qualify and and drop a few pounds. But you know, particularly later on in the season, if you can find a horse who's already qualified but he's running in another qualifier and he needs the win to go up in the weights to, to get into the final you know he's going to be trying to win that race uh, in this race I like I'd better go now and um, we'll, we'll need to um, rack up a couple of wins throughout the season to get into the final trained by Dan Skelton Owned by, I'm just looking at here, the Noel Feely Racing Syndicate. 
That's right. It's his first runner for the syndicate, yeah. Yeah, you know, they've they've got to be on March, haven't they? Like, and they need to win. They need to qualify, and they need to win. He's coming here, um, on the back of two wins. One of them was obviously last season, but he's won in September, and there's been a bit of money for him there too as well. So, I think he's he's going to be very close on Saturday. If 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 he doesn't win it, he'll certainly be in the money. Yeah, I I thoroughly agree with that myself. Uh, it's a obviously it's a tricky conundrum to make our minds up for. But if you had to have one Andrew in this race, what would you think? Yeah, um, I I definitely be with Flink. Like surely the owner as well. Like he's he's notorious for having his his chasers. You know your Simon Sig, even Galvin. Um, you know like so surely like this horse staying over hurdles is is could be even a tip in itself that, that there's probably mileage in the mark. Um. So yeah, no, I'd I'd be happy to take Flink here. Uh, yeah, I, I was at Haydock last year when it won at Haydock and it absolutely came from nowhere to um, come up there and win at Haydock. Um, nice horse, Declan yourself. Um, I'd better go now. I think he just think he, he's gonna need to rack up a couple of wins. He needs to do more than just qualify. Uh, looking at connections, they like a handicap hurdle at the festival, so. I think yeah. they'll be trying to win on Saturday. Yeah. I'd like to give a, an honourable mention here to maybe the likes of Honest Vic, who is, you know, what her name says. She's, I mean, he's, sorry, he's a very honest horse. Um, whether he'll be good enough to win something like this, I'm not too sure off his mark. Um, but I'd better go on. I'll just rock to go at 141. Oh, sorry, Chris. No, they'd be after Rocker to go for it off 141. Yeah. Right, guys, we are on to our final race now at Cheltenham. Oh, it's the 350, the match boot handicap chase over three mile one. I'll start us off on this because I must say I had a look at this yesterday and actually thought that the price was a little bit ridiculous. And today, the price has come down as um, yesterday. Frodon was eight to one. So you've got to have a little bit there, haven't you? Um, now nine to four. He's got, you know, he's got such a, a high weight in this race, but. He's done this before. He's done this before to victory around here. Um, we all know he's a class act. He handles the track. He's a game as you like. Bar him, can you really see anything with so much class in this race? No, not not really, in my opinion. The only thing I can see beating him here is the weight factor. He's as genuine as they come. Tell me I'm wrong, Declan. No, look, Frodon has no problem carrying the weight. Like some horses, you know, the, the, the weight just doesn't bother them. It doesn't matter that the top weight, it's, it's really what they're, you know, it's what and who they're giving it away to. He's going to run his race. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a horse I take on all the time. But he's the sort of horse, you're, you're an annual back, isn't it? And then he wins and then she's looking at you like you're a tick, like you're going racing all the time. How did you not know he was going to win? <laughs> Even I knew he was going to win, you know. But uh, look, he, he's certainly going to run his race. He'd be there, thereabouts. There's no two ways about that. He's as honest as the day is long. You know, the Bryony love story, ITV will love it. Um, it, it it'll get a bit sickening again. But I, I, he's actually won when he's rated 164. He's won when rated 164 before. It's just one of those horses that I know he's won a Ryanair, but like for me, this is kind of his level and he will. He can run in good handicaps all the time, top weight or not. He will always give it running. I don't really think he's a great one horse, but 
you know, they, they've won at the festival, they won the Ryanair, and, you know, that's the fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> Looking down that, the field, like, sorry? I was just going to say, is he your selection? No, he's not, no. Might oh. be <laughs> I mean, any selection if she was still alive, but not mine. No, look, there's a few of them here that, that, that love this meeting, and they, they love the meetings at Cheltenham throughout the year. Like, West Approach is capable of throwing in any sort of race, you know. He could be pulled up. He could run away with this. It's actually a tasty little race with, you know, Frodo and West Approach. Cogri's another one who, who loves it around here. Perfect candidate. Uh, runs here a lot. Um, but I like Bob Marler. Torden to Kim Moore has been banged there than some, some decent handicaps. But I, I would be swaying towards the mayor, Densilano. Uh, like if she appreciates this test, Cheltenham something you just have to. It's like golly, you just have to like it. You have to get it, and if you do like it and get it, you're gonna run there. You're gonna run well all the time. You know it has to be worth a couple of pounds when you like that test around there. You like the turn and you like the undulations, you know, and you like the uphill finish because some horses just hate it. But you know if, if she hasn't run here, if she appreciates this test. I think there's there's good value about her looking at sixteen to one here. Um, I, I think she's a, she's she's quite unexposed and she could be good value if she likes it. Yeah, I like Central Lotto. She's got a very good attitude, hasn't she? Um, Andrew, yourself? Yeah, I just want to say, Declan, that that comparison to Frodo is probably the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> uh, no, like, actually, like I've never actually even thought of it that way, but I actually couldn't agree more. Um. Look, he is. He's a he's, he's such a likable horse, isn't he? You know, you know, like I love horses that run in handicapped off the most ridiculous marks imaginable. Like he he has won a handicap off one sixty four, which would be, you know, it'd be the equivalent of something off like one fifteen when a handicap on the flat. It's it's absolutely you just don't see it. Um, it's it's as rare as it's as rare as anything, you know. Um, I don't really have a huge opinion on this race. I wouldn't be going mad to get involved on the throat, you know, around five one. You know, like even I know he I know he's won a, a Cotswold chase, but is he does is three miles as optimum? Like is the Petrogate was running empty that day. Um, and that's what kind of put me off him for the Ryanair because he had such a hard race beat until I can escape that day. Um and, and you know, there's some really, really classy handicap chasers, and they will think it's their birthday with some of the weights they're off, like you know, Captain Chaos off 10 stone four, Bob Mahler off 10 stone four, even West Approach 10 9, and then literally the whole field under the weights because of road on it's, it's almost going back to the Arkle days looking at this type of handicap, everything off 10 stone, um, or even what Arkle was responsible for. Um, the one, the one I kind of come down on is cloth cap um, now I don't think tomorrow could be the day like there could be another race they have in mind for him you know he ran really well in the Scottish National in 2019 um, and I could only assume that was his target last year before the race got um, cancelled he, he really never runs a bad race though he's always there he, he's as honest as the day is long he may have been a Admittedly, I know he said he doesn't really run a bad race, but 8 of 23 in the Kim Yor, I wouldn't begrudge him that now. 
I just think it's 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 interesting as well that Trevor Hemmings has decided to hold. He was one of the you know twenty five horses that Trevor Hemmings decided to hold on to because he did you know have a huge dispersal, um, in the summer. So it is interesting that he does retain false cap, and there might be you know the expectation or the maybe the hope, maybe not the expectation that he would be able to land a pretty you know a pretty nice handicap chase this year. And if they were looking at the Grand National itself, you know, if you know, one thirty eight wouldn't do it. So, you know, maybe he does try and win here fresh. And um, I'm not hundred percent sure I'd want to get heavily involved with him. And um, but you know, because he could be going for the Welsh National or, you know, something like that. It could just be a prep run, but he's the one that really interests me here in this, this field. Yeah, he's, he's another one that's getting a huge amount of weight. He's, he's off 10 stone there. The jo- um, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd never see these type of classy horses off such a low weight. Um, and it's a real just testament to how good, you know, Frodon has been. Um, yeah. You know, even still did really well to finish fourth in the Ryanair because it, it looked like Min had him cooked going around. You know, they're going out for the second circuit and it looked like Min had him dead to right. So it was, he did really well to finish fourth even in the Ryanair. Yeah. You can probably say that this handicap chase is going to be run at a decent pace with the likes of Frodon, Cog Relax to be up there. You know, Captain Chaos has been setting some ridiculous fractions in, over the last few times I've seen him run. Um, so it could be that it's run at a, a, a quite a decent Pace here. I noticed that Cobra de Mai um, for the Skeleton Yard um, has, has a lot of poor figures next to its name. But he, last night when I was looking, it was twenty to one, and now he's eight to one. Obviously, a few horses have come on, but he's seen a little bit of money. I can see over the last few few hours, Cobra de Mai. He'd be interested if he was to return to form. Um, but fraud on this fraud on for me. I just love the horse. Love his love his attitude. Um, Declan uh, Santiano. And Andrew, I would most likely sit on the fence, but be, just because it's Cheltenham, I'll have cloth cap. Excellent, thank you very much, Mister. Right, we're going to your neck of the woods. Well, not your neck of the woods, but your more comfortable area now, Andrew. So you can sit back for this, and you can start us off on this one. We're going to start going off to Doncaster now for the Group One, the big Group One on Saturday, which is the Vertem Futurity Stakes. Often a race for future 2,000 Guineas horses here. So, Andrew, is Wembley the one to beat, seeing as there's only one Aidan O'Brien horse running in this? Mm. Yeah, well, our listeners wouldn't have thought I was from Doncaster, so thanks for clarifying that. But, uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, it's really, really interesting that, you know, Wembley is Aidan O'Brien's only runner. You know, that that's usually a tip in itself. You know, he, he decided to only send love to the 1,000 Guineas and, you know, he saw what she did there. You know, I was actually up toward one ruler. Like, I was really impressed with him in the autumn stakes when he beat Van Gogh. You know, from, from an outside draw. Now, Van Gogh was in an outside draw as well. So, I think both of those horses did exceptionally well in the circumstances to finish first and second. But I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of surprised that Wembley is is flying the Ballydaw flag alone here. And I know that it was in the news that, Colin Keane is long odds on to take the stable jockey next year. Personally, I think that's bollocks. Um, I think that's oh, just, Andy, that's a story. Yeah, no, I think that's a story. I, I think Ryan Moore, and uh, for me, Ryan Moore is one of the jockeys that you know he will win races that he has no yeah he has no entitlement of winning. Um, and I just think that the line like gets shot, shot on him a lot more than 
basically any other jockey in the world um, just because of the, the job he's in. And I think he's done an absolutely exceptional job over the last few years. Um, unless his contract is coming to an end or, or there's some type of, you know, maybe doesn't want to come over to Ireland anymore um, or, or something like that. I just don't see why you get rid of Ryan Murphy. For me, him and Colin Keane are probably the best jockeys around, but, but I just don't see why you would really get rid of Brian Moore because he, he's just so suited to the role and emotionless and just, you know, does his job. Um, but look, I'll get back to the actual race now. Wembley probably would be my selection. Um, you know, that Dewhurst and National States form, it's it's kind of undisputed at the moment. You know, like, no horse has got close to the National Stakes trio in the Dewhurst. Um, and and the you know the step up to a mile is clearly going to suit Wembley, and um, because all he was doing was staying on, um, he, he just found the best two year old to ever live a little bit too good in St Mark's Basilica the last time out, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, the, the horse I would look at each way here would be Cove, um, you know because his form was just so decent you know, before. He, he was a little bit below par in the Royal Lodge behind New Mandate, but I'm not sure he was really in love with the Rowley Mile personally. I think he just, he didn't look very comfortable in the dip. And I think, you know, a return to a more conventional track like Doncaster will really suit him. Um, and, you know, I think 12 to 1 is kind of value. I, I see King Vega here, like there's been a lot of money for him since declarations. He, he was beaten by a Tony in, in the Solario State at Sandown. I still think there's a lot of improvement required from him. You know, um, uh, Bulger sends over as well, Max Sweeney. Um, and you you either get a superstar or a dud with him. And, um, you know, like there's literally no in-between. He actually <laughs> went to the Hayden Company and then he, he won a, a group two with the Curra. I think he won the Beresford Stakes. Or sorry, the Futurity Stakes he won. Um, and then he's just, you know, he was a no-show at Leopardstown behind military style, and then he was a no-show at the Curra behind Thunder Moon. So we just don't know which mix when he is going to show up. Um, and I say after next year's Classics, you'll see him gelded. You know, I, I, it's between one ruler and Wembley for me, as, as boring as that is, and solely because he's Aidan O'Brien's only representative and his absolute exceptional record in the race with the likes of, you know, St. Nicholas Abbey, um, Magna Grecia, Camelot, uh, Kings Barnes. You know, he just he's just won this race with some exceptional coats in the past, and for that reason, I would have to come down on Wembley. Six runs this year. Why is that? Why is there so many? It's not usually the pattern that the uh, master follows, is it? Um. Well, like you think back, you know, it, it did take him four races to to win his maiden. But at the same time, how many races did it take U.S. Navy flag? And he he was champion two year old. You know, it's just I just don't question Aidan O'Brien. That that that's kind of what 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 I've kind of learned over the years. It looked like U.S. Navy flag was going to be kind of disappointing, and then suddenly he goes and wins a couple of races, then wins the um, Middle Park, then wins the Dewhurst, and maybe you know maybe Wembley just just taking a little bit of time to come to hand here, um. You know, he's beat, he's actually bumped into some very, very good horses like Hudson River. And there might have been an issue with him because we haven't seen him in a while. McSweeney, Blue for You, then wins his maiden, then runs behind Thunder Moon and St. Mark's Basilica. So it's not as if he's been running horrendously. And um, he's just probably just needed a bit of time. And this is his first time at a mile. And you could make the argument that he's needed a mile since maybe the first time he sat set on the race course. So um, I wouldn't have any issue with that. Well, at least it's not at Newcastle this year. Anyway, 
Declan. Just uh, just to touch on um, Ryan Moore and Kilmore, like there's absolutely no reason to to get rid of Ryan Moore. Um, you know, Kilmore usually have a falling out with their jockeys, and how do you have a falling out with Ryan Moore? Like you know, I I think people in in Britain don't always get to see the the normal side of Ryan Moore because he doesn't talk much, but. I don't know whether you watch it on RTE, Andy, but he's he will he'll actually talk for a while on RTE when he's interviewed. I just think he's not into the media, the bullshit, the stupid questions. But he's getting Robert Hall, Ted Wall, Jasnum decent questions about racing. You know, it's it's not firefare weather fans. It's it's intelligent questions, and he'll he'll actually he'll stay there. He'll talk. He'll answer them. And you know, he's a great jockey. Colin Keane doesn't. I just. You know, I've been trying to imagine it in my head. It doesn't seem to... It, it, it's just not... I can't see it. I can't see Colin Keane being at Kilmore. I think he's been... He's 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 looking for the championship. So he's gone and he's got the riots. And, you know, he, he's got the winners. I think that's all there is. Um, some of the lads are probably isolating also. I don't think there's there's anything in it really. There's no reason to get rid of Ryan Moore. It's... It's just a lot of media nonsense, in my opinion. On the race, I think Andy sort of said anything I really wanted to say. You know, uh, Aidan's had lots of really, really good winners. I'm not sure I, I really buy that it's, he's, he's only sending over one horse. That says a lot. You know, if, if that was the case, we'd all be millionaires. Like, you know, it, it doesn't work like that. I'm not overly hot on Wembley on Wembley I, I do like one ruler I thought he won well the last day when he beat Van Gogh but I've I've mentioned Cove all season and Stay always says you can forgive a horse one run at Newmarket and that's what I'm going to do here I just think he's probably overpriced again if you're willing to put a line through that last run uh, that 12 to 1 I'd be you know I, I probably want to even be watching this race with the jumps on but if I was going to have a bet it will be Cove 12 to 1 I, I think he's a I think he's a better horse than he's got credit for all season Are we are we not forgetting the likes of McGallan here who was fourth behind one ruler he couldn't get a run that at Newmarket last time and then stayed on late he's brought some good form into this race here what, any any opinions on McGallan? Um Oh, I, I do. I just think one ruler and Van Gogh they had they had outside draws. Um, I think they had to use a lot of gas to actually get to the position. You know that in order to let alone to be comp- like to be competitive, let alone to finish first and second in the race. Now I know what you're saying about McGallan. He was a little bit unlucky in the run. You know, would he have caught up? He was beaten about the guts of three lengths by Van Gogh. And then an additional length and a half or so by by one ruler. So we're we're talking four and a half lengths. Was he inconvenienced by four and a half lengths? Um, is the question I'd ask. And the answer I would kind of confidently say is no. Uh, personally, um, definitely each way he claims that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was four lengths inconvenience, like you said. Probably a a good length or two or so. So. Yeah, I think one ruler brings decent for me, but Wembley's the solid option for myself. Wembley wins it. Andrew, you agree? 
yeah, um, and I, I definitely agree with what Declan said as well. Just to to keep the the love of the love fest going of agreeing with each other. So I, I'll I'll fancy Wembley here, and then maybe a straight forecast to be cold. Go on the forecast. Declan loves his cove, and I, I, did, did, wasn't that a horse you put up last time, Andrew Cove? Yeah, and you know I was I was completely wrong. I I, I wanted to take on new mandate, and really really impressive, but. Yeah, maybe it was just my my curse of backing Clyde Cox horses this season, but I rewatched the race and I'm not sure Cove was at home at Newmarket, so I, I do think this would this was it for. Yeah, I think I know Stephen's not here tonight, but he's he also likes Wembley, an obvious form choice, and if he's not over the over the top, it's a confident selection from Stephen. So that sounds like his nap of the weekend. Uh, that brings us on to thanks for that, lads. Uh, it brings us on to our final bit of the podcast, which is our bets for the weekend. Um, I'll start with Stephen because he sent he sent them through to me. Um, he's going to go on Sunday over at Aintree. He's going to go for Annie Mack. He, he does. He has followed Annie Mack off a cliff, hasn't he? Um, Twelve to one for the own run chase. Um, he, he did right. You know this horse's love affair with me. You know, so we have to take that as it is because he does back it on nearly every single occasion it runs. Um, then he's got Benny's Bridge um, in the five fifteen at Cheltenham on Saturday. Um, and West Approach in a, hot, a race that we've covered, he's got that at seven to one in the three fifty at Cheltenham for the handicap chase. Let's go to you, Andrew. You start us off this week. Um, yeah, sure. So uh, the first one I, I wanted to touch on really, really quick was the three o'clock from Cheltenham on Friday. Um, so that would be the squareintheair.com handicap hurdle. So. Um, there's a horse that I, I really, really liked here. I was excited to see this season, um, trained by Richard Rowe, called Up the Straight. Um, and I actually was at Kenton the day he won. It was, it was after Cheltenham. I might not flight uh, to get out of to get out of England. So we went to Kenton for the day. And um, I, I picked out this horse on the card. And, and he won in quite a convincing manner in the novice hurdle at Kenton. Um, he was he previously, but before that, novice hurdle, he finished behind Shan Blue, who ran really well in the Ballymore at the time. Obviously, the Supreme Novices Hurdle winner, Shiskin, and he was dropping into just a, an ordinary novice hurdle. Um, and he, he ended up obliging that day. Um, he reappeared on the 3rd of October at Pontwell, um, and it looked like he was coming to win the race, and he just blew up. He ran as if he just needed to run, and it, it put, he was already in my notebook, but got an extra couple of stars in my notebook after that run and he turns up here um, around 11, I think he's actually 14 to 1 um, so I, I'm really really sweet on him, I think that there's plenty more to come from him um, and a 14 to 1 he'd be a confident each way selection for me um, but I do really think he can win this race um, obviously as well there's Rouge Viff um, who, I, who I spoke up about in the, in the uh, handicap chase, the 335 Friday. Um, I already sp- spoke plenty about Rougevich, so people don't need to hear me about that again. Um, and then finally, uh, the 425 again from Cheltenham. So uh, even though I was slagging the jumps, on, all my bets are for the jumps. Um, 425 on Saturday, which is the Lara Telfer reined in for racing welfare novices hurdle over three miles. Uh, a former Willie Mullins inmate. Ooh. In Manella on course. Yes. Uh, pops in uh, over two <laughs> miles for Dr. Richard Newland. And um, this is a horse I actually talked with in the Albert Bartlett last year. And um, he, he ran in some bumpers. I remember up at Leopardstown, he ran a couple of bumpers. And, and to say this horse has one gear is an understatement. This horse will stay 
you know, he could run along the Great Wall of China. He'd just stay all day. He'd go the same pace. He'd go, go from start to finish. No issues. Um, I don't think it's really relevant what the ground is. I think he'd go on good ground. He'd go on soft ground. He won last time out. Dr. Richard Newland has hopefully found a key to him, even though it was kind of unexposed to begin with. But um, I think this is a really, really nice purchase. And I think he'll win this. And this will be one of my stronger bets. I see that the, the tissue price is five to two. And there's there's no there's no prices yet. But Manella Encore for the four twenty five not heard like Cheltenham on Saturday. Uh, so that those would be my three bets, um, my three main bets. And then obviously there's there's Wednesday as well. Um, but he won't make the top three in this particular occasion. Excellent. Thanks very much for that, Andrew. Declan, your best bets. Yeah, look, first of all, I just want to say um on, on the Cheltenham 2012 Facebook page who kindly let us plug the podcast every week. You know, what else are you going to be doing on a Friday night now that we're back in lockdown and watching Friday Night Lights live from headquarters? Evan O'Carroll runs a, a post there every week and there's great winners thrown up. Um, log on there. Give it a follow. You'll find plenty of winners at Dundalk tomorrow night. Uh, for my bets... I'm obviously going to start off with, you know, we're going to head back towards Craggy Island, uh, the 247 at Galway. It's a novice chase and Jack Hackett is is improving and improving. Jack, 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 Jack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just tune into all the other podcasts to find out about him. No, look, he, he won well at Punchestown the last day. He's come back in trip, you know, but there's a stiff finish. I, I know it's a tight and it's a round course, but there is a stiff finish at, at Galway. And look, he, he was, people seem to think that he was going to be beaten the last day before the, the horse beside him came down, but I think he was running on for pressure and I think he was going to find more. And I don't know what sort of prize he's going to be, but he's a horse I'm, I'm following and I'll be having a bet on, on Saturday. Uh, the 12.50... I don't even know what the twelve fifty is because I haven't wrote it down. But it's a horse of Donald McCain's uh, Chuvello. He's been in my tracker for a while. He was disappointing the last time, but he was second in a big sales bumper at Fairy House uh, at the Grand National Meeting in two thousand nineteen. And like lots of good horses have come out of that race. He he was disappointing the last day. He was a shade of odds on, but I haven't given up on him yet. Uh, again, I've no price on him, but. I'll wait to yeah. see if he's any value. I'll have a look. Well, that's yeah. twelve fifty at Kelso. That. That Kelso. Kelso. You're going to Scotland for that. Oh yeah, I'm going. <laughs> I'm touring everywhere. Don't tell the guards. I'll be fine. <laughs> Lockdown. We're not allowed out. Um, Three fifty-seven. Galway. Grand Jest. He's top weight in the handicap portal. He's uh, a horse of of Liz Doyle's. I quite like. He he is top weight, but he does like Galway. Um, but again, I went to see if there's much value about him. He is not one of my stronger picks. And then Andy's covered Manella Encore, you know, ex Willie Mullins, uh, who won his four star for Dr. Richard Newland. And yes, he's he's one I, I quite fancy. Thanks very much, Declan. No well, Manella Encore is the one that we need to be on, it sounds like. Right, um, a few from myself. Friday. Well, one that Jamie brought up a couple of weeks ago, but didn't get into the Cesarowitz. It was Ocean Wind is running at uh, Doncaster in the three fifteen, the Vertum handicap. Um, it's quite a short price, but he should take some beating there. 
Cheltenham tomorrow, the 4-10, the maiden hurdle. Uh, you've got to fall, follow the form of this race blind. There's some very nice types in this, very nice types indeed. Um, there's one from the Ollie Murphy yard um, that looks very nice. The Champagne Super Over, um, a lot of talk about that horse. There's a few others in there, Pipe Smoker, what looks a great, uh, a great addition. Uh, there's one also at Newcastle. Now, I did say we're not going to Newcastle, but we are going to Newcastle now. 7.30 on tomorrow night. One that I've been waiting for for two years now. Um, I was noted by um, my man down at the Haggis Yard for a horse last year called Sar- Sargasso Sea. Um, is a nice type, but maybe one maybe one for next year. Just keep an eye on how he runs tomorrow, really. Um, get him in your notebooks, one for next year. He could win this novice race and then be put away for next year. But it's, it looks, what I've been told, is a nice horse. Um, Saturday, Leopardstown coming over to Ireland, boys. The 414, it's the tri- list, Trigo listed stakes. Now, I, I don't know if you guys saw this race. I think you probably did, but it was Helvic Dream on no. Colin Keane. Um, he's, Colin takes the ride again and he powered away last time. Absolutely demolished that field. Um, gets the ride again, Colin, and I think there's more improvement expected in that. And then I'm interested in the old Ron chase too on Sunday, just how Janica gets on because I think Janica um, looks. This looks like a nice early season target. I think he'll be aimed at the Grand National this year. Very interesting weekend's worth of racing. So I'd like to wrap that up, but the lads, uh, thanks very much for joining me, Declan. Cheers, lads. And thanks very much, Andrew. Pleasure as always, Chris. Another Sterling Show, boys. Thanks very much to all our listeners who are getting involved in all of our tweets at the moment. We've been putting out a few for the Euro World Cup that we're doing at the minute with the horses, voting on them day by day. I was surprised to see Lock Song got beaten yesterday. Um, and I was the, the, the one I was really looking forward to, that Slade Power versus Soul Power. And I was glad to see Soul Power came out on top. Real favourite of mine. Um, a few more to come this week. Uh Give us a like on Facebook, give us a like on Twitter, US Law Podcast. And thanks very much, and we will see.